On the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to talk about preaching. And preachers. And, and preachers. And uh, oh, what's, what's the purpose of preaching and what should we be looking for in our preaching? What should we be demanding in our preaching? Oh, good good topic. And um, I'm going to put the preachers in the hot seat tonight, but uh, i got a feeling it's going to be uh, applicable to us all. And so we're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, August fifteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me tonight. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. Kyle's behind the controls. Kyle, welcome. It's good to be here. Glad that you're here, Kyle. Glad that you're listening. And as always, we want to hear from you in the chat room. If you're watching us live tonight, Stephen's in the chat room and says hello. Hello, Stephen. Sign in the chat room and share your comments with other listeners tonight. Or better yet, give us a call at 877-381-4567. You can use that number anytime, really. And you can use your, our email address anytime, questions at collegeview.com, to share your comments uh, about the topic tonight. Even if you are listening to us in the recording, we want to hear from you. Maybe just send us an email. Let us know you're out there, where you listen, and uh, maybe how you listen. And uh, suggest uh, or request a free bumper sticker if you'd like to get other people listening as well so that we can have more discussion with people from around the world. Uh, Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email. Tell us where you're listening, how you listen. You listen in the archives. You listen live. Uh, Tell us how you found out about us, all that sort of thing. We just kind of like to... Keep up with how we're getting the word out and how the message is being circulated. All right. So earlier today to our update list, we sent out um, the questions that we hope to discuss tonight. And here they are. If you're not on our update list, get on it by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Say, add me to the list, and we'll be glad to send you these updates weekly. Uh, Today we sent out these questions. Number one, what are the basic purposes that preaching serves Number two, with those purposes in mind, what characteristics should we find and demand in the preaching that men do? Number three, what are some of the things we can do as listeners to make preaching ineffective? Mm -hmm. Now, notice ineffective, not effective, but ineffective. Uh Uh And number four, what are your best suggestions to help get the most out of the sermons you hear? In other words, we, we want to, you know, everybody, I think, has some things they do that help them stay sort of tuned in with the preacher and it, it, what works for you may not work as well for somebody else, but we'd like to hear what you do to sort of stay up with the sermon that you're listening to. Okay. So those are the questions we want to cover tonight. If you haven't signed, chimed in with the answers to those questions, sign in the chat room now. Hey, Jared's in the chat room and he wants to add to question number four, any tips for parents with young children? Oh boy. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, and that really makes it harder. Maybe maybe we can get some of our listeners to to chime in. But I especially uh, appreciate par- parents with young children who bring their children, and they know the children are probably going to be fussy and misbehave. And uh, uh, I mean, very often I think parents, especially I, I I'm more I'm maybe more sympathetic to young mothers than young fathers, but. A lot of times the parents just don't get much out of the sermon because they're so busy trying to keep the kids in tow. But I tell you, you're teaching valuable lessons when you do that, and I think it's really a worthwhile enterprise, and I really I really value it. I tell you, there's nothing more rewarding, I think, as a preacher than some young mother who comes by at, after the sermon's over and says, could I get a copy of your notes? I, I I wasn't able to to hear all of that, and I'd like to study it on my own. I mean, what a what a noble thing that is uh but we're sympathetic with parents but bring them and and i don't tell you as a preacher crying babies don't bother me and i think i think as a as a uh parent if your baby cries and you can't quiet them pretty quickly then you want to take them out and get them calmed 
so that you're not a, a distraction. But I'll tell you, the fact that a baby cries is not a big distraction to me. If it keeps on going and going and going and the parent doesn't do anything about it, then that can become distracting. <clears throat> but I, I think that, to me, it's a good sign when, when there are families with Young children, the babies cry. Sometimes the kids have to be taken out and disciplined. That's that's a good thing. You're teaching valuable lessons when you do that. All right. So we'll, we'll get into more of that maybe as we get on to question number four. And I appreciate that uh, comment in the chat room. Though, yeah, yeah All exactly. Right. Very practical. All right. So let's talk about the purposes that preaching is to serve. Now, okay. I think you got to start out. Uh, with First Corinthians chapter one verse twenty one, where it says that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to to uh, save them that believe. So, uh, if you wanted to just throw one big blanket over the whole thing, the purpose of preaching is to teach men what to do in order to be saved. Okay. Uh, now, when you think about that statement, I, I suppose you'd be inclined to think, well, that means carrying the gospel to those who are not yet Christians. But, uh, you know, preaching to those who have already obeyed the gospel, who are already baptized believers, you're still talking about what they must do to be saved. Uh, So when a preacher preaches to an audience that's primarily made up of folks who are already Christians, which is typically the case, you're still talking about what to do to be saved. So I'm already Christian, but what I need to do to be saved is, be faithful, grow, uh, learn, mature, and and lessons that help me do that are lessons that are about what I must do to be saved. Right, right. Uh, okay, so tell us what to be do to be saved. All right. Now that's the that's the big. I think that's the big umbrella statement. But I, I, I've got I've got some notes where I've got it broken down, and I and we've got some email responders who have also chimed in. Uh, but certainly. Preaching is intended to instruct, to give information. Uh, and and so, you know, we want, as preachers, what we want to do is at the end of the sermon, we hope that our, that our audience has learned something, received some instruction uh, about spiritual matters. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning verse 11, what man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man that's in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now Paul was obviously speaking there as an inspired man, and he he's basically describing how he was inspired, how these inspired men were inspired to know the mind of God and then deliver it right. in the words which the Holy Spirit taught. Now, we're not inspired men, but we have those same words that Paul was inspired to write, that Peter and Matthew and Mark and Luke, we have the words that those inspired men were were inspired to teach. And so when we go to those words, when we reference them, when we draw lessons from those words that they recorded for us, we're instructing people in the mind of God, mm-hmm. which is really, really important if you stop to think about it. Here's this almighty creator. I need to know something about him. Yeah. Surely, there's a, surely there's a being that created all that we see in the physical universe. Who is he? Oh, and very importantly, what does he want from me? Well, we need that instruction, and that instruction is in the Word of God. And so when preachers preach from the Word of God... Then they're instructing in the mind. They're instructing those who hear about what the mind of God is and what He desires. So preaching should be about disseminating information, conveying the information that that God has conveyed to, to us through yeah. the Word. Now, when we get when we get to our next point about the kind of characteristics that we want to see in preaching, we're going to stress that it needs to be Bible based. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can give. I you know, a preacher could stand up and give instruction in. Uh, uh, French cooking, you know, uh, or uh, in uh, rocket trajectory. Yeah, but but I mean that's not what it's about. We'll talk about what the, what the characteristics of preaching should include. But it is for instruction. But I think everybody understands we're talking about instruction in the things of God. Right. Okay. Uh, secondly, on my list, I had down that 
preaching is to convince people. Now, that's going a little farther and maybe getting a little bit uncomfortable. Well, you're, you're instructing them in the ways of God, but you're convincing them that these things are true. In other words, it's 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 not just that you're putting out some information, but you're you're presenting it in such a way as to convince people that this is God's will. This is the truth. This is uh, from our Creator. In Acts 17, when Paul was in the city of Thessalonica, it says that his manner was he went in three days to the Sabbath uh, to the uh, three Sabbath days to the synagogue and reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered. And risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach to you is Christ. Notice he was uh, reasoning with them out of the scriptures. And he was preaching to them to convince them that Jesus is the Christ. So it was more than just information. It was a passionate presentation of evidence to lead to a conclusion. Uh, and, and that's and that's what preaching does. It, it doesn't just inform, but it convinces people about the truth that they are being instructed in. So there needs to be some. Uh, there needs to be. It needs to be direct. I guess is what you'd say. Well, direct. Yeah, for sure. All right. Preaching. Uh, another point to add. So it instructs. It convinces. It commands people what to do. Uh, Paul said in First Thessalonians four verse two, "Ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus." So it gives its instruction, convincing instruction, but it includes what you've got to act upon. It's commands, things to do based upon what you've learned. The purpose of, of preaching is to deliver the commands of God. Uh, so it's not just a intellect. I guess what we're saying here is it's not just an intellectual exercise. It it is to convince us and then lead us to action in response to the commands of God. Okay. All right. Uh, talking, talking about convincing, Stephen's in the chat room. He says, many witnessed miracles and were not convinced. Only the truth pierces hearts and creates lasting eternal changes. Stephen's point is valid. Preaching should try to convince, but it will not convince everyone, just by the fact of who's listening. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the the preaching even even Jesus wasn't able to convince everyone with yeah. his preaching. That was the effort and the 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 goal, but it's up to the listener. Yeah, and we're going to talk. And Stephen's point is exactly uh, right. And we're going to talk about how we can make preaching ineffective. And one of the right. ways is just close our mind to uh, just not be, not be open to to receive this instruction. Okay. All right, but. Uh, uh, quickly, let me finish my list, and then we got some listener comments too about the purposes of preaching. So, to instruct, to convince, to command, to rebuke when there's something wrong. Uh, Paul told Timothy, Second Timothy four verse two, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Um, Titus 2, verse 15, Paul told Titus, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. You know, sometimes people have to be told, you're wrong. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah, what you're doing is wrong. Uh, that's really not, that's, that's not well accepted in our religious world today. We're not supposed to tell anybody they're wrong about anything. But part of a preacher's job is to rebuke. Uh, part of the preacher's job is another point to remind. Uh, Peter said in Second Peter one verse twelve, "I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance." I think that's kind of an interesting point. So we give this instruction, but we're done. There's nothing more to do. We we already instructed once in these matters. Well, we can't go back and do it again, can we? Well, Peter said we could. Peter yeah. said he was constantly reminding them of things that he knew they had already heard. And preachers do that. Uh, there's There's no new information. We're not plowing new ground. We're going to keep coming back over some of the same themes necessarily. Yeah, so people listening to Peter might complain, well, I've already heard that before. Why is he preaching that again? Yeah. 
Even well, the Apostle Peter, he's repeating things, and so we we need to be reminded. And I think as preachers, speaking as a preacher, you know, we want to try to keep the message fresh, uh, uh, keep trying to attract the attention of the listener. Uh, and so you try to come up with maybe some intriguing way to convey the same truths that have been conveyed for centuries but you're not going to come up with new truth if you are you're not you're not doing your job if it's not if it's new it's not true that's true uh now so but you 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 hear about preachers or you 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 hear lessons from preachers who may be trying to be out there uncovering some new truth you know they don't want to preach that same thing they got it's got to be something new yeah and i think you got to be really careful about uh any hint that the preacher is suggesting something that's extra biblical, that's not book, chapter, and verse, you'll hear expressions like, the Lord laid this on my heart. Oh, wait a minute. You mean God told you something directly? God spoke to you? And, and Kyle, we were talking just before the program began about some people who believe that God actually tells them things. God's not working that way in the world today. And and so when we preach, we're gonna we need to stay with the word. Okay, all right. And then finally on my list, so I got what six things on my list: the purposes of preaching, to instruct, to convince, to command, to rebuke, to remind, and finally to encourage. Uh, at the end of the first missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas. It says, after they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned again to Lystra, to Iconium, to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith. Preachers need to be encouraging people to continue in the faith. All right. Good, now, good points there about preaching. Uh, help us to understand the purpose. You know, preaching sort of commonplace. But we need to step back and say, why does God what preachers? Why, why do we do this? Why do, when we come together on Sunday morning, why, what's up with the preaching? Well, as we said, it, it, it got, it's part of God's plan. God yeah. chose preaching to be a part of the fundamental plan by which men would learn what to do to be saved. But it is important work, and, and, and it should be it should not be diminished or ridiculed or or degraded. And then, of course, preachers who do the work need to do the very best they can because it's very important work. All right. We're going to get a break. When we get back, we'll get your comments. Send them in the chat room. Kevin, travel the world. Kelly is down in Tampa, Florida. Hey, Kevin. Tonight. Uh, and he's got a comment that gets to our next point after we get back from the break. Uh, with these purposes in mind that uh, you've shown us from the scriptures, what characteristics should we find and demand in the preaching that men do? What should we demand of the preacher? All right. The, the preacher is going to maybe demand some things of us. What about on the back end? Can, what do we demand of the preacher? We're going to yeah. get to that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Hi, my name is Mike Smith, and I'm a member of the College of Church of Christ on Hampshire Pike. Let me ask you some questions. Do you remember when churches insisted on Bible authority for everything they did? Can you recall when church members always expected they thus saved the Lord? Can you remember when the church was well known for its book, chapter, and verse style of teaching and preaching? Are you upset because the church you're attending doesn't always, doesn't always approach things this way anymore? Does it concern you that elders and preachers don't seem to care about Bible authority at all? We're still striving to do everything according to the New Testament pattern. If you're looking for a church like the one you remember from the past, please visit us soon at the College of Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Here's some quotes worth pondering. The right and good way is seldom the easy way. Evil takes giant steps forward when good sits down to rest. An expert fault finder has no reason to be proud of his accomplishments. Steel that loses its temper is worthless. So are men. Man, wish I'd said that. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. Back on the program tonight as we talk about preaching and uh, what kind of characteristics should we expect from preachers is coming up next. But before we get there, uh, we've got some comments from our listeners tonight. As you ask about the purpose of preaching, Chloe in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, says spreading the word to others. And she references Matthew 9:35, Luke 4, 30, uh, 43 and 44, and Romans 16, verses 25 and 26. All right. So... I think Chloe's right, and and that fits in with that big general umbrella purpose of preaching. That is to tell men what to do to be saved. Yeah, thank you for that, Chloe. Angela's down in Lake Park, Georgia tonight. She says the purpose of preaching, 
spreading the gospel, bringing the wayward home, as well as encouraging, maintaining, and raising zeal in those who are faithful. So she touches on a lot of the points you mentioned. Notice, you preach to the lost, you bring those who are wayward back, but you also encourage those who are faithful. I mean, so here's a guy, he's a real good, faithful Christian. He doesn't need to hear the preaching anymore. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't need to sit in on the preaching. He can kind of zone out because he's a faithful person already. No, he still he still gains by hearing the preaching. And have you noticed that those the, those faithful old Christians are the ones who are most enthusiastic they love it about most the of preaching? All. Yeah, they love and preaching. They've most. heard it all before. Yeah, What's exactly. up with that? Yeah. Dwight's in Iowa. Dwight says preaching serves to do three main things, according to Paul in Second Timothy four. Reprove, convince, that is to persuade, Acts 26, verse 29, King Agrippa and Paul. Remember, Agrippa there famously said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Paul had been trying to persuade him. All right. Uh, Rebuke uh, to admonish or warn. Okay. And exhort to encourage, console, build up. Paul also told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we need to, to to teach and preach the word so others will understand it and teach to the truth to others. Yeah, keep the ball rolling forward, Thank uh, you, so to speak. Yeah. Appreciate those comments. All right. All right. So we we asked the follow-up question then. Okay. So we talked about what are the purposes that preaching is to accomplish. And, and with those purposes in mind, then, what characteristics should we find or actually should we demand in the preaching that men do? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it out by saying that it's got to be based in the Bible. It's got to be Bible-based preaching. We, we t- hinted at this earlier, but, you know, I could get up and talk about, as a preacher, I could get up and talk about human philosophy, you know, the, 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 the think-sos and the theories and the notions of men, and quote all kinds of secular scholars and authors, and never even make more than a, just a passing reference to the Bible. And I'll tell you, that that's maybe the way I just described that sounds extreme, but it's not extreme. That is happening all over the place in many religious groups, in many denominations, in many, in many churches. I've heard people say, I think the preacher read one verse of Scripture today in his sermon. Maybe he preached for almost an hour, and he, and, and he, and he maybe only referenced one verse of Scripture I'll tell you, that's just not going to get the job done because obviously to fill that time, he's he's conveying his own opinions or the philosophies and, and notions of men. He's sure not talking about the will of God or he would have referenced it more. It needs to be Bible based. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it is the word of God and we believe it is the word of God, the inerrant word of God, God's message for us. Why in the world would we not want preaching that's just chock full of it, Kyle? Absolutely. I mean, it's. Uh, without getting just too personal, I did know of a preacher before who uh, did say that uh, if it's a long scripture, it'll be a short sermon, uh, short scripture, long sermon. So <laughs> that's actually, it was a mantra that this preacher. So it's, it's, I, I want, I want scripture to be full, full of the counsel of God, full. Yeah. You want everything the preacher says to be backed up right with scripture. I, I know what I'm preparing a sermon. If, if I get back and I look at my notes there and I, there's not enough scripture there. I'm going to have to. I got to. I got to add more scripture in here because if you don't have a, an abundance of scripture, if you're not trying to establish what you're teaching based upon the scriptures that you can refer to, then you're just preaching your opinion, and your own opinion is no better than anybody else's opinion. And so, you know, I've often said opinions like noses. Everybody's got one, and one's as good as the next one if it's just human opinion. But if it's if it so it needs to be Bible based, it, it, real, uh, sort of a neat statement in the book of Jonah. Remember uh, the Old Testament uh, in the Old Testament, Jonah had been sent to Nineveh uh, and he was told in, in Jonah three, verse two, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and note, preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. There you that's go. what that's what the Lord told him to do. Yeah. So that's what preachers today need to do. Preach the preaching that the Lord bids. Uh in the Great Commission, Jesus said simply in Mark 16, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, a lot of times we talk about that passage, but we don't emphasize what was the message they were to carry. Go to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Don't preach your own opinion. Don't preach what men have said. Preach the gospel. 
That's what preachers are to do. So it's got to be Bible-centered. Along those lines, Kevin in the chat room says preaching needs to be the whole counsel of God. He says that's often overlooked even by men striving to teach the truth. Exactly right. So it, it needs to be, and I think you may have that point later on here, uh, it needs to be the Bible, but it needs to be not just one part of the Bible, but the whole the whole message from God. Yeah. All right. So I think Kevin is exactly right. Um it's really, it's really uh, nice to preach about love, you know, and, and that's an easy subject to deal with because it's, it's, it's something everybody f- can feel good about, you know, love, brotherly kindness, uh, or, or to talk about the grace of God. Grace of God, preach about the grace of God is a wonderful thing, and we should do it. We do do it. We should do it because God's grace is just amazing and just. Uh, incredible to think about how god has blessed us and loved us and provided for us and and made made our salvation possible but if i just preach about the grace of god but then i don't preach to men about how they can come to god because of his grace then i haven't preached the whole counsel of god all right thanks for that kevin so bible-centered it needs to deal with doctrine uh, and I think this is a big letdown in a lot of modern day preaching. In First Timothy four verse sixteen, Paul said, "Take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee." And in Titus two, I think it's always interesting what Paul told Timothy and Titus because they were preachers, and so he told Timothy, "Take heed to thyself and to the doctrine." He told Titus, "Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine." Uh, so uh, doctrinal matters, uh, although they are not popular in the religious world today, doctrine, a lot of people think doctrine doesn't matter. You've got your doctrine. He's got his doctrine. Everybody's got their own doctrine. Just don't worry about doctrine. No, there is the doctrine, and it is what we're supposed to be preaching. And if we're not, we're not doing our job. Uh, in Acts 8, Philip the evangelist opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached unto the eunuch, preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? Now look at that for just a minute. This is Acts 8, verses 35 and 36. He preached Jesus. And a lot of times we hear people, they say, Just preach Jesus. Just preach Jesus. When Philip preached Jesus, the eunuch found out that he needed to be baptized. Preaching Jesus included a doctrinal matter like baptism for the remission of sins. You can't preach Jesus without preaching the doctrine of Christ. Those things are inseparable. Our preaching needs to be doctrinal. And although that's a a, a no-no word in the religious world today, the scriptures bear out that it must be there. All right. Absolutely. what? Yeah, there's just not much appetite for that anymore, though. No, that's right. That's yeah, right. People just don't want to hear it. You know, I want I want a funny story. I want to feel good. This doctrinal stuff, you know, it's sort of a drag. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, I've seen a little a teacher, like a substitute teacher in high school. You can get them talking about their lives. The whole hour will pass before they even get to the lesson. So. You did just distract him. Yeah, so experience. the preacher. Yeah, this, the was preacher. A, this was a goal of yours? We get the preacher talking about uh, his own personal life, and, man, we get football coming up. Get him talking about <laughs> So, yeah, but, yeah just, if you're not focusing on Scripture, maybe talk about something else, get the whole hour over with. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think you're right. I've got kind of a long list of things here in my list, and we've we got some email correspondence, too. But So Bible-centered and doctrinal, it needs to be personal. It It needs to be what? People need it needs to be put on a level that people understand it's about you. We're talking about you. We're talking about your situation. This is how the message fits you. And uh, the example I have in my notes, which I think is a really good one, is about John the Baptist, who in Mark six, verse 18, John said to Herod, it's not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Ah, Wow. Ouch. That was right to the point. Yeah. And he's, he's he's talking to Herod. And he says, I'm talking to you about the fact that it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Uh, I don't see how you can't get more direct than that. He didn't tip those through the tulips there. You know, he yeah. was uh, he was getting to the, down to the heart of the matter. He put it he put it on a personal level that they could they, that Herod could understand. Could, Herod understood it, too. He threw him in jail. It. Yeah. I mean, it was, he didn't Herod didn't have to to figure out exactly what was he talking about me? Uh, yeah. No, nah, he couldn't have been talking about me. No, yeah. he knew. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, which, uh, well, uh, uh, Nathan didn't, uh, you know, when David uh, sent with Bathsheba, it was, no, he, he kind of, he brought a, an example first, but then he just cut straight to the matter and said, you know, you are the man, you are the man, you, you, you sent. Yeah, thou, thou, art, thou the art the man. man. Thou so art the man, exactly right. And, you know, if we have this, it gets back to the respect of God's word, and, and that seems to be what's lacking a lot today. If we respect God's word for what it is, we'll want to hear it. And we'll also want to hear it if if I'm not lining up with that word. I want to hear that as well. I mean, it gets back to the respect for God and his word that maybe he's lacking today. Yeah. I think that's yeah. exactly right. Okay. Um, so I think we just touched on the idea of being courageous in, in this preaching, this yeah. message. And I think the example of Nathan the prophet when he came before King David is excellent. John the Baptist when he told Herod right up front. It's not lawful for you to have a brother's wife. He got thrown in jail and ultimately got beheaded because of, of what he had said. But you got to believe that, that all of those kind of preachers were very courageous uh, in proclaiming the message. We need to have such courage. Yeah. But I'll tell you, we, we need to do the preaching of the, of the message with love. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 15 says, speaking the truth in love. And I think that's a challenge for preachers because I think sometimes preachers can almost preach with a chip on their shoulder. They're mad. And they're going to let the let their audience have it with both barrels. Uh, we're supposed to preach the truth in love, speaking the truth in love, and and so make sure that what's motivating us to convey this message, even if it's even if it's a negative message, like it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife, make sure that what's motivating you to tell. Herod, it's not lawful for you, brother. It's not to, just to put Herod down, but because you love Herod and you want him to save his soul. Yeah, preaching the truth in love. Yeah, yep. Um, we got to preachers need to believe it themselves. They they need to be convicted of it themselves. Uh, Paul said in Second Corinthians four verse thirteen, "I believed, and therefore have I spoken." In other words. The whole thing, the whole reason why Paul was preaching, because he fully believed yeah. the message. Why would, why would he have preached and gone through, gotten thrown in prison and all the stuff that he suffered if yeah. he didn't fully believe it? Yeah, Second Corinthians 4, it verse 13, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. It wasn't a religion of convenience for Paul. Yeah. Okay. And, and it needs to be powerful. The preaching needs to be powerful. We're talking about the most important things in the world, and, and we need to do it in a, in a passionate, powerful way. Uh, in Acts 17, verse 6, Paul and his traveling companions were under the gun in the city of Thessalonica, and the accusation against Paul and his preaching uh, companions was, Acts 17, verse 6, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. So in other words, they had a, a, a reputation that was preceding them. They have turned the world upside down with their preaching. You think it wasn't a power? It wasn't a milk toast lesson, Exa- was it? Exactly right. All right. Exactly right. It needs to be a balanced uh, approach. Uh, we already referenced Second Timothy four verse two about preaching the word, and preaching re- included reproof, rebuke, and exhortation. And I think that's sort of the balance there. In other words, what we hear in the world today is everybody wants positive preaching. I just want to. I just want to. Ha- emphasize positive things well positive things are great but you got to deal with the negative things too and so it needs to be a balance of preaching uh i've known preachers who said i i i'm I'm sure that negative things are necessary but i'm not going to deal with those i'm I'm just going to focus on the positive things well then they're not doing the job and, and like kevin I mentioned earlier, they're not preaching the whole counsel of God from Acts chapter 20, verse 27. Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And so those those guys who say, I'm just going to emphasize the positive. That's not the whole counsel of God. They're not doing their job, and that's not a balanced approach. Okay. Uh, and then finally, on my list of things, preach, preachers need to preach in a way that is as effective as effective as they possibly can be. Uh, in other words, I, I always am reminded of a story I heard years ago. This guy went to hear a preacher, and the next day his buddy asked him, what did the preacher preach about? And his friend said, I don't know. He didn't say. 
He listened to the sermon. And he didn't even know what the guy was talking. He couldn't. He couldn't come away, uh, w- w- even able to say, "Well, he talked about this." Or that. He didn't even know. He listened, but he didn't know what the preacher was talking about. That's ineffective preaching. What, what I what I think we need to target this is what I try to do, and I, I know I've, I I don't hit the mark all the time, but our our purpose ought to be that when people hear the preaching, they ought to be able to leave, and if if an hour later they can remember the main points of the sermon. If you had four main points or three or four or five, if an hour later your listeners can remember the main points of the sermon, I think you've done your job well. Uh, that's what we ought to be shooting for. That being the case, then we 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 try to present it in, a, in an effective way that emphasizes what are the main points I'm trying to get across. Right. And and visual aids help with that tremendously. I think that's in this modern age, uh, we are really blessed to have all kinds of electronic gadgetry that we can use. And we don't want we we never want the medium to become the message. I think we've got to be careful about that. But in so much as we can use the those means to emphasize the main points we're trying to get across to people, that's a great thing, I think. Okay. All right. I remember as a young preacher thinking, boy, it'd be neat if you could, if you had, if on a screen you could have your main points, show a scripture, come back to your main points, and add another main point. And I never knew that it was going to actually come true. We have PowerPoint now. We can do that very sort of thing. All right. Yeah, we've come, we've come a long way from scrolls and carving things into rock, haven't we? Uh, or, or bed sheet sermons. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. I, can remember, I can remember as a young boy, the preachers would paint their sermon points on bed sheets, and they would hang the bed sheets up on the wall, and they would, they would have a pointer, and they'd point to their points as they went along. Uh, certainly, when I was a younger preacher, we used the blackboard. The white bo- whiteboards came along. We thought it was a great improvement on the old blackboard. Then we started using overhead projectors. And they were a, they were an improvement, but they were pretty they were pretty awkward at times. Uh, you know, you get your slides there and keep them straight and and just reveal point by point. Man, PowerPoint's a great improvement. That, but we still have our, our our hiccups with PowerPoint too. But we do the best we can. It's a huge improvement. It is okay. We're getting, we're way overdue for a break, and so maybe preaching ought to be. Uh Time in, in, yeah. within Keep time limits. Time, yeah. Yeah, within Let's time. get a break. We'll get this week's bullet point. When we get back, uh, we're going to talk. we got some listener comments on this, and then we need to talk about how can we make the preaching effective. How can we make sure that we're getting the most out of it? Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. This is Greg Wynn with this week's bullet point. You've probably attended funerals where there was not a single additional seat available and people were standing in the doors and hallways in order to see and hear. But you also may have been at a funeral where only a handful of people were in attendance. Why the difference? The obvious answer is that some people have lived in such a way to gain respect, love, and admiration, while others have lived a life that produced very little of the same. We all have an appointment with death, Hebrews 9 verse 27 says. That being the case, and while not wanting to be too morbid, we simply ask, Who will mourn when you die? What about your family? Will your mate, your children, your siblings, other relatives be grief-stricken at your death? This is typically true because of the natural affection of relatives, but some have lived in such a way as to alienate even their own relatives. What a sad situation. Are you working to maintain strong family ties? What about your friends? In order to have friends, one must, quote, show himself friendly, unquote, Proverbs 18, verse 24. Unfortunately, some never do this. Therefore, it is not surprising when there are no friends to mourn at their passing. On the other hand, it is obvious when one dies who has developed close friendships with many people. What about you? And what about your brethren? One of the closest relationships that anyone can know is the bond between brethren in Christ. When a faithful brother or sister dies, it is common to see large crowds assemble at their funeral. But too many people have never submitted to the Lord, never experienced the blessing of being in the family of God, and therefore have no brethren who might grieve at their funeral. How sad. How we live now will determine how things will be when we die, not just at our funeral, but throughout all eternity. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Gracias. 
share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ. Find out more about us at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. While you're there, watch a recent sermon uh, that's been presented to the College of Church of Christ. And you can, well, you can see if the preacher practices what he's preaching. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, put him to the test. Check out those uh, sermon webcast at our our, our website, thevirtualbiblestudy or collegeview.com. All right, so our listeners said, what should we think about preachers? What should we, uh, what should we demand of preachers? Uh, Chloe says, good reputation, hospitable, understandable, humble, thinks of others, not haughty and respectful. She references Proverbs 11 and Proverbs 21 in her response. Thank you for that, Chloe. Angela says, men who are zealous, humble, strong, and not easily swayed, gentle and compassionate, but firm, personable, and willing to preach the whole gospel, not men who are people pleasers or men who avoid hot topics. And that gets to Kevin's point about the whole counsel of God, I think, there, is that we don't want preachers, ah, I don't don't talk about that anymore. I don't talk about hell anymore. Nobody wants to hear about that. I don't talk about, well, you know, there's a lot of marital problems these days. I don't talk about those anymore. No, we got the whole counsel of God. We need to be preaching it. Uh, Dwight says, James was very straightforward with the 12 tribes which were dispersed abroad in the book of James. These brethren needed to be told what to do in many areas. The preacher in a congregation should do just that. Give praise, admonishing, and persuade those who need it, and should be able to do so without the fear of the congregation becoming angry for the teach, for teaching and preaching the truth. Uh, of course, we all have a responsibility and accountability to each other, not just the preacher. Right, right. That's okay. good, Dwight. Thank you. Uh, uh, in the in the YouTube on your YouTube chat window, Melanie is in there and has said the purpose of preaching is to convict the soul against sin and lead to God and repentance of sins. I think exactly right. And she said, I expect a preacher to understand authority and to use it to teach us why what he is preaching is truth. Thank you, Melanie. I think that's right. Jared's in the chat room on our website. He says, uh, I think it's especially for preachers who are fully supported and preach full-time that we should expect preachers to have put in the time uh, to make it a well-put-together sermon. So preachers ought to be, you know, they ought to be prepared for the lesson. They ought to- I, I think, and I, I agree completely with Jared, and I, I think it's a great blessing, and I, 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 I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to devote time to study and, and lesson preparation, and uh, and I think he's right. There should be an expectation on us who have that privilege that we that we do it and we do a good job of it. Uh, we we were visiting uh, on a vacation trip a couple three years ago, and we got to a congregation on Sunday evening, and the preacher wasn't there, and the sermon it was time to start. And just maybe even a minute or two late, in rushed the preacher, and it was clear he did not have a sermon prepared to preach. And he got up there and just stumbled around for 20 or 25 minutes, and it was very awkward. And and he just didn't do his job. He was not prepared to do his job. There should be an expectation. And I'll tell you, even among those who are not necessarily full-time preachers who have more time to devote, I'll tell you, anybody who stands in the pulpit needs to do his homework, needs to do his preparation. People are listening. You're dealing with the most important subjects in the world. Do not do it haphazardly. All right. Kevin says a preacher wants to be interesting, and the congregation wants the message to be interesting, too. This can, uh, this is where care must be taken, because either of these desires can lead all the way from the truth. Simply teach God's word, which is what the Father wants our interest and desire to be centered upon. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and so, so I think what Kevin is suggesting there is, you know, I, I'd like to be a popular preacher, and and to be popular, I I've got to I've got to be real entertaining. I need some funny stories. I need to tell funny stories, you know, and uh, really make the people chuckle. Uh, and that's a da- that, that can be dangerous. I think Kevin's right. All right. All right, quickly now as we move on toward the end of the program. So how how can I mess up the preaching? Okay, so what are some of the things we can do to make the preaching ineffective? Uh, First of all, be dull of hearing. Uh, In Hebrews 5, verses 11 and 12, the Hebrew writer says, We have many things to say but uh, that are hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. 
In other words, they just weren't listening. They weren't paying attention. So as you arrive at the church services to hear the sermon, just be dull. You're not really, you're not really into it. You're not even really interested in hearing what's said. And, and certainly, even before the preacher starts, have your mind closed. You already, your mind's already made up. Oh, he's going to be talking about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. I already know. I don't, I don't like what he says about that. I've already got my mind made up. I'm not even going to consider the things he has to say about that subject. My mind is closed. Okay. Uh, Jesus said about some of the religious people of his day, Matthew 13, verse 15, this people's heart is waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So close-mindedness ruins the preaching. Sure. And, that, and so being dull of hearing, not, not really interested, and having your mind already made up, even before the preacher starts, you've taken two major steps to, to, to make the preaching ineffective. Hey, hey, we've got two, well, the very best preacher in the world, Jesus, and he can't, he can't help you if you've got a closed mind, right. period. Right. He, Jesus can't get to you. And we've got Paul. He'd be ranked right up there with Jesus. And... Not not nearly on the not on the same plane. I don't want to, but I mean, one of the best preachers sure. ever, Paul. Peter. Peter. Paul says, "I can't do anything with you if you're dull of hearing. Yeah. You're just not interested." Yeah. All right. So, while while you're listening to the preaching, then uh, this is my list of things that ruin preaching or make it ineffective. While you're listening, focus on the delivery, not the content. Oh boy, explain that one. That's an important one. He's just such, I, you know, I've heard people say, you know, some preachers really like to move around on the on the podium. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, in fact, one preacher I knew years ago, I, a guy even said, I love to watch brother so-and-so. I love to watch him preach. He didn't say I like to hear him preach. He said, I like to watch him preach because he I was mean, he, he was, he was doing, he was jumping and carrying on, you know, uh, I don't think it was contrived. I think it was natural in his case, but. But sometimes people focus on the delivery. Uh, uh, this would go to the idea of telling humorous stories and that sort of thing. Uh, there's a, you know, people get real impressed. He never looked at any notes. Well, I mean, that, that's good, but I mean, maybe the preacher is maybe more he power, need, Maybe he notes. would do better if he paid a little attention to some notes, and that would keep him more organized. So don't critique the delivery. Yeah. All right. Uh it's kind of interesting, uh, I know we're going to run short on time here, but it's kind of interesting reference in the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 33, beginning verse 30, I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. But as for you, son of man, your fellow citizens who talk about you by the walls and in the doorways of the houses, speak to one another, each to his brother, saying, come now and hear what the message is that comes forth from the Lord. Behold, you are to them like a sensual song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. So right at that particular juncture, Ezekiel's preaching was, they liked what they... The mechanics were there. They, they liked his delivery. Yeah. He's like, a, he's like a sensual song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. But notice, it goes on to say, they hear your words, but they do not practice them. So they were glad to hear what what Ezekiel had to say. He had a good presentation. He, uh, and they were focused on his delivery, but they weren't paying any attention to the content, and that was the problem. Okay. And then, of course, you can ruin the preaching or make it ineffective to stop listening when you disagree. As soon as you hear something you disagree with, just stop listening. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen was preaching to the Jews in Jerusalem, and it says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. Probably literally there. Yeah, and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and yeah. stoned him. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, stop listening when you disagree. And then a really good way to make preaching ineffective is to apply the message to everybody else except yourself. Uh, uh, you know, boy, old brother so-and-so, he really needed what the preacher had to say today, you know. Oh, I can see where sister so-and-so, that's really applicable to her. I wish she was here today to hear yeah. that. Oh, I'm so sorry so-and-so wasn't here because they, they needed that lesson. Yeah. And never thinking about how it applies to self. That that will ruin the effectiveness for okay. sure. All right. Um, and then, of course, as soon as you leave, forget everything you heard. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 25 talks about, Be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Put it into practice. If preaching is ineffective if you just 
forget what you heard as soon as you hear it. Preaching is ineffective if you don't put it into practice in your life. Yeah, you know, but that and and well, the the parable of the sower, the seed on the on the wayside soil, right? It, it the devil snatched it away before it had time to do anything. Yeah. And if we don't uh, if we don't keep that word in our heart and we don't meditate on it, then we'll be like that wayside soil. Nothing will happen from the, uh-huh. the word that we hear. Let's grab our last break. And Are when you we come do back, that? Yeah, let's grab our last break. When we come back, we're going to catch our listener comments, and especially what's your key to listen more effectively? We're going fast on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931 381 Four five six seven. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we will do so in a loving manner. So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual Bible study, and we hope to hear from you soon. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A third of Americans, 32%, say whether or not someone gets hurt plays a role in determining if something is right or wrong. Americans also consider whether something is legal, 24%, or whether the benefits outweigh the cost, 20%, when thinking about morality. That information is via Lifeway Research. The Word of God says in Isaiah 5, verse 20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. We're back on the program tonight as we go to the top of the hour now, talking about some things that we can do to make the preaching ineffective and also uh, how can we get the most out of our sermons. Uh, Chloe uh, sent in her comment on... First of all, let's catch, let's catch what they said about... What are some things listeners can do to make preaching yeah. ineffective? Yeah, well, Jared in the chat room says being unfocused and distracted and falling asleep. Absolutely. Well, that, that pretty much ruins it, doesn't it? Uh, Chloe says, uh, thinking that you've done nothing wrong, you're better than everyone in the building, or have your mind stuck on a quarrel with your fellow brethren. Angela says, not paying attention, disrupting others. Oh, disrupting others. We need to think about how our, act- our actions during the sermon may be disruptive to others. Uh, thinking about how much someone else needs this sermon instead of thinking about how we can apply it to ourselves. Speaking poorly of the preacher or congregation to others present. Uh, thinking about our to-do list. I, li- I like a lot of the things that Angela has mentioned there as making preaching ineffective. I want to focus on this one uh, where she says, speaking poorly of the preacher or congregation to others present. I think I probably have told this uh, story before uh, uh, on the virtual Bible study, but we knew a family years ago. They, they, it was a big extended family, and every Sunday they went to the home of the the matriarch uh, of the family, and they all had Sunday supper together. And it was very negative uh, about the preacher, about the preaching, about the church, about the people in the church, and. That had an impact on the on the younger generation that was present to hear all of that. Uh, you can't be negative. About, so, is every sermon going to be great? Is every preacher going to be exemplary? No, they're, they're good and bad preachers, and all of us miss the mark sometimes, maybe more often than we'd even like to admit. But this is still the important work of sharing the gospel message and we need to, it it deserves our respect and it be handled properly. Yep. All right, here's what Dwight said how you can make it ineffective facial gestures. Maybe uh you know maybe you can show others that maybe you roll you, maybe someone could see you you're acting like you were perturbed by the lesson. I or... I remember one time in particular just as soon as I introduced the subject that I wanted to talk about there's this one brother who always sat on the very back row and I could just see it come over him, and he he, he could sell, he he visibly was angry, and he even got up shortly after and walked out and uh, and, and wouldn't listen. 
So, I mean, uh, what he's saying, you can see it on the faces of people. Sometimes. Well, he, he goes on walking out, talking behind the back of one preaching can make one's preaching ineffective. I've seen this happen, and it is wrong. No one likes having their toes stepped on, but it is needed from time to time. You don't see negative gestures w- when ears are being tickled, Second Timothy 4, verse 3. So, yeah. So, or, yeah. yeah the hit dog howls, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, finally, uh, with the last couple of minutes we've got here, what are your suggestions that help help you stay in tune with the preacher and the message that he's preaching? Kevin in the chat room says, note-taking can help the preaching since it keeps me focused on the message regardless of the quality of the preaching. You know, and, as, and I think what Kevin's saying there is an obvious truth. Some preaching is better than others. Some preachers are better than others. But it, it, you get the most out of it by... I mean, this guy. Maybe this guy's not the best preacher in the world, but he's he's, he's talking about biblical, important biblical things. I take some notes and uh, it'll keep me on track. Along those lines, Daniel says, "Turn to the passages and read." So follow along in the Bible. Yeah, so that keeps you. I mean, if you're doing that, you've got to at least pay attention to what the scripture reference was, and then when you get there, you can read it. So that keeps you engaged. Uh, and Kevin goes on to say, one effective preaching tech. tech tactic in other words as a preacher the pre- a preaching tactic that preachers use is to make sure my verse and point is supported by other scripture limiting limit personal think so's will impress the listener that the bible supports itself i think that's good all right um okay now um what do you do what do you do to keep listening chloe says have an open mind turn to the passages the preacher uses she references acts 1711, where the Bereans searched the scriptures to see if those things were so. Take notes so your mind doesn't wander. Thank you, Chloe. Angela says, taking notes was great for me. I'm seeing a common thing, the, the taking of notes. But as a mom who, uh, mom, as a mom of two little ones now, that's about impossible. Okay, so she says her hands, you know, she's got two little ones, two hands. No, and she needs a third hand to take notes. Uh, sharing parenting responsibilities with the less during the lesson helps a lot, so that at any given point, my husband or I am getting to hear the sermon while the, the other takes care of the child in need. Sometimes just applying the lesson in my own life in my head as I listen helps me to remember. Being able to re-listen to sermons online helps too. Now, that's a tool that we didn't have many years ago. Uh, even I mean, that's a almost fairly recent thing. In fact, used to be. I mean, when I first started preaching years ago. They were still using the reel-to-reel tape recorders. Oh, man. Nobody that had one. That was like probably cutting-edge technology, though, wasn't it? But but think about that. I mean, so if you wanted to hear that, you also had to have a reel-to-reel tape recorder, which a lot of people didn't have. That was a, 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 that was all there was. But then we got cassette tapes. Wow. And that was a big thing. And people used to request the cassette tapes. Then we went to CDs. Uh, we still do some CD. Uh, audio CDs, but not a not lot of much because people can go to the website and they can get the audio or they can also get the video. And Kyle's doing a great job uh, on our uh, YouTube channel, putting those sermons and Bible classes out there. And it, I mean, it, the, the resources, I'll tell you, for Bible study purposes, the resources today are better than ever, ever. You know, that's a, that's the amazing thing about it. You know, here, for instance, if, if I listen to your sermon on Sunday morning and I can listen to it again on the way home. Yes, I mean, it's immediately, immediately available. available thanks to technology and Kyle. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. So, she, so she says maybe you listen to it again. If maybe if the kids were screaming right at that point you needed to hear and you had to take them out, well, just get back online and you can catch that point. Yeah. Uh, and then Dwight says, realize that the one who is preaching has everyone's best interests at heart. I think that's really important. I mean, give the guy a break. Give, give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, he's trying yeah. to help you. Uh, taking notes is always good, uh, he says, but my biggest takeaway should be make application to my life. Don't let it just go in one ear and out the other. Apply God's word to my life and make changes where necessary, James 1, verse 22. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Exactly right. So do something. And, and you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. The sermon ought to motivate us to action, to response. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kevin says he remembers when the virtual Bible study used to be only audio. Yeah, uh, now it's you, video. Yeah. yeah, way back then. Kevin, yeah. Kevin's been with us a long time. Yeah, yeah. really right. good. All right. I, I hope that that's. I mean, I don't. We weren't. It wasn't earth shattering new information tonight. But I, I hope just talking about that helps us all, both as for those of us who do make our efforts to preach from time to time, and all who listen 
I mean, it's it's an important part of God's plan for our spiritual well-being, and we need to do the best we can on both ends, the preacher and the and the ones who hear the preaching. Hey, uh, Kyle, you know, the, the sermon is not just a 25 or 30-minute pill that we have to take every week. You just got to get through it. No, God has designs for this, and we want to make it as effective as possible. That's it. And uh, the thing about New Testament preaching and New Testament uh, the church is where there's no entertainment we're not doing light shows it's just a simple new testament preaching and just uh the that's yeah that's the message it. of god's that's word that's it that's all we need kevin remembers when the virtual bible study was audio only now it's video but kyle's still audio only it, when he's talking he's, he's the man he, behind he, the is curtain. he not flipping he doesn't the kyle use the cam? kyle cam yeah it needs, it needs uh, the kyle cam. okay all right but that's all right good good audio hey uh thanks for helping us get on the air tonight it was good to be here hey dad thanks thanks uh, for for your time a good discussion and uh thanks everyone for your part of uh being a part of it and we hope that you're uh we're benefited from our study and discussion of god's word tonight we hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the virtual bible study in the meantime we encourage you to put god first in your life study his inspired word of the bible and live by it every day you'll never regret it Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.